You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Robbie Samuels hosts the On the Schmooze podcast. Robbie, tell listeners what to expect from the show. Since 2015, I've interviewed entrepreneurs who overcame challenges to achieve success in their field or industry. Tune in to On the Schmooze to listen as I ask deep questions to elicit untold stories about leadership and networking. And where can people subscribe? Find the show at ontheschmooze.com or on marketingpodcast.net or just search for it wherever you get your podcasts. You heard them. Go subscribe. Welcome to The Dev Show. I'm Deborah Eckerling, author of Your Goal Guide and founder of The Dev Method, which is my system for goal setting simplified. My vision is to give you the tools, inspiration, and motivation you need to figure out what you want and help you make a plan to get it. Let's get started. Welcome, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, I'm so happy to be here and that you are here. For those of you who don't know me, I'm Deborah Eckerling. I'm the creator of the Dev Method System of Goal Setting Simplified and author of Your Goal Guide, a roadmap for setting, planning, and achieving your goals. I am a workshop leader, corporate consultant, and all-around champion of goals. And every Sunday night, I bring together my community with the Goal Chat Twitter chat. And then on Mondays, I invite friends to come join me for a conversation to dive deep into the topic. And then on Thursday, it magically becomes an episode of the Dev Show podcast. So whether you're watching live or the replay or listening, we're thrilled you're here and thrilled that you want to learn more about money goals, because that's what we're talking about today. And I've got such a wonderful group of, shall we say, power women to dive deep into the topic. And before I go and introduce, and this is only a little bit of an accident, is so our friend Annie Ruggles, who's been a guest before, introduced me to Laura and Nicole. And then last week I met Emma on a different mixer and I'm like, oh, a money person, I need a third. And she also knows Annie. So inadvertently, Annie, I think I blame you. Thank you for bringing us all together. And goodness, usually this when I tell you they're all awesome, but I think I already did. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to let them introduce themselves because really we're all about empowering and empowerment and as we were saying on the goal chat last night, people don't talk about money. They don't talk about money goals. And that's exactly why it's an important part of this month's theme, which is health, money, health, and money goals. We've got Laura Khalil. We've got Nicole. I, I said it right before. Nicole Icavoni and Emma Lyons. And they're all money people and healers, all about bringing out the best in yourself and your wealth. So Laura. Let's start with you. Would you please introduce yourself? And yeah. I'm happy to. Hi, everyone. 
Um, it is so great to be here. My name is Laura Khalil, and I am the founder of Brave by Design. But what does that really mean? Uh, so my goal is to help ambitious women who work in consulting build quarter of a million dollar businesses. Uh, and to do that without the hustle, without the overwhelm, and actually without really using social media or having a huge email list, which is a lot of what we're taught we should be doing today. But when we are doing consulting on with large companies, you actually are playing a whole different game. So um, that is the space that I like to play in. And why I do that is because I believe it's really important to rebalance the scales of financial justice in favor of women. We know from all of the research that while men give larger donations, women give more often. And I believe that as part of our giving nature and philanthropic cause, um, when we put more money into the hands of women, we can truly make an impact in our communities, classrooms, and capitals. So uh, that is what I do through my mastermind, which is called Elevate. And I am thrilled to be here to talk all about money, money mindset, and how to uh, get yours, my friends. So thank you for having me. Awesome. Thank you, Laura. Really excited. And, and you and I have spoken, you know, a couple of times and you're interviewing me this week. So I know you, well, you all have the goods or else you wouldn't be here, but your, your enthusiasm for the subject is actually why you're all here. So Nicole, please um, share who you are, what you do, why you're here and et cetera. Sure. I'm Nicole Igavoni. I'm a licensed psychotherapist and financial therapist. So I have worked in mental health for about 20 years. I'm dating myself when I say that. Um, and uh, I have a group private practice in Pennsylvania that I own and operate and have done so for tw uh, 10 years now. And as a financial therapist, I specialize in working with women entrepreneurs to help them heal their relationship with money. So we really take a look at how someone is thinking and feeling about money and how that can either serve them well or work against them and undermine how they behave with money. So I really work with women to help them heal their relationship with money to learn how to make more profits in their business in really fun, flirty ways and to manage their money more strategically. So my whole goal is to take the confusion, the overwhelm and the anxiety out of money and really empower women so that they can feel financially confident. They can take a more active role in their financial life, make their own financial decisions and become wealthy. And I do this through um, a, tr a trademark program called Money Therapy. Um, and basically the premise behind money therapy is to treat your relationship with money like a romantic relationship, to love up on your money like you would love up on a romantic partner, to give it that same sort of appreciation and respect, to date your money, so to speak, to set aside time <laughs> to spend with your money and catch up with it and see where it's going, what it's doing for you. And so this little play on money takes the um, scariness out of this concept because money can feel very elusive and confusing and hard to get. And so by putting a fun, playful spit on it, we can really change our mindset around money and approach it like a lifelong partner, which is really what it is. We 
all have a relationship with money. And my goal is to help women to nurture and tend to that relationship so it can be the best it possibly can. Awesome. And such a, it's a really easy analogy. If you think about it, 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 it's almost like the way I talk about personal goals, like professional goals, you need to respect your time and to respect your money and your value. It, mm-hmm. it all ties together beautifully. So wonderful. Yep. Thank you so much. And Thanks Alliance, welcome, welcome. And you appear to be muted. I'm unmuted now. Can you hear me? Yes, perfect. I was just saying that I really loved what Nicole was saying about dating your money because I think that's really so true. And we have a very dysfunctional relationship with money because we're like, oh, I want money, but you're never there for me. Like if you think of it like a partner, we're like, you're never there for me. You don't let me do things that I want to do. I mean, if that was a romantic partner, that person, if they had any self-esteem, they would run a million miles. Yet we're like that with money and we wonder why it's not there for us. Um, so that's a really good point of like dating your money, treating it because it is a relationship and it's something that we have a relationship with, whether we like it or not, really. And uh, A lot of people don't like it. They have like we have this love hate relationship with money. But anyway, that's now to talk about what me and what I do. I very much like uh, the other guys I work with, I work with like Nicole. I work mostly with female entrepreneurs and I help them to release their money blocks because and their money wounds. And I help them to kind of find out. So because all of these things that we do to sabotage our money, the procrastination, or the all the, you know, the, the subconscious beliefs and fears that we have about money, often they come from like a very low self-esteem place and very low self-worth. So I help heal those wounds. And often people don't even know what they are. I've worked with people who have like massive trauma um, from their childhood or from other places and I really help them help heal them instantly. And if they have like a somebody somebody's afraid to kind of ask for the sale I was working with someone on clubhouse recently she was afraid to ask for the sale and I helped her in about five or ten minutes kind of clear resolve that um because she it was about her owning her value and recognizing that people could see it so I help I help people heal their money blocks and very much like Nicole I help them kind of get in alignment with money and so they can kick sabotage the curb and really just flow with money let money come do without the hustle and all that stuff that we're told that you need to do to make money you have to work hard it's a struggle it's really hard work all that stuff is just a kind of story that we've taken on um, individually and culturally and it's really affect our affects our relationship with money um, and very detrimentally in a lot of cases particularly for women I, I love how you said kick sabotage to the curb because and sabotage happens everywhere, not just with money, but I think that's a place people feel it the most, right? Well, yeah, also it's it is definitely and it's also very tangible. Like we have a ceiling in terms of how much love and how much how much uh you know, have everything that it's safe for us to feel. But with money, it's very tangible. Like we all have an income ceiling, how much money it's safe for us to have. And you can see that if you look at your bank account, if you look at your life, that's how much money you always have in your bank account. And when it gets really high, it's like a thermostat. It goes back to its set point. And when it gets too low, you know, something happens and it comes back up again. Um, So it's just like a thermostat. Um, And some people's thermostat is set on roller coaster. You know, that's what's normal to them. That's what's um, 
familiar to them. It's not so much that it's comfortable because it's not, even though we call it a comfort zone, but it's what what's familiar to them. Um, and that it's like about breaking that pattern because a lot of people they're 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 taught and they think that just by hustling and pushing and pushing they're going to change it, but actually it doesn't. It just makes them more frustrated, um, more you know it just. It, feeds into the self-sabotage, feeds that self-sabotage cycle and they kind of get stuck there and they can end up spiraling down and feeling worse about themselves actually. So it's really important that we kind of kick these things in the bud. And also like another thing that I'm really passionate about is kind of working on recognizing people's value, inherent value without money because we tend to um, we tend to, you know, consider I'm, 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 I owe, I, I deserve this amount of money because that's how valuable I am. Whereas actually your self-worth is just inherent. A, a person who's begging on the street and doesn't have a home is equal, has the same amount of self-worth as someone who's a billionaire. But um, particularly as women, we have this attitude of I don't deserve and we kind of push it away because we feel like on some on some unconscious level, we want it, but we don't feel like we deserve it. So we create that conflict. Interesting. Well, even if you are not of the female and you're watching or listening, yeah. I am sure there are tons of things that you could pick up and incorporate into your life. And the first, the first question, and this is really, it's like a goal question, you know, what's the value of setting money goals? Well, what's the value of setting any goals? You can't get what you want unless you know what that is. And I would love uh, for you all to give your take on the value of money goals. Laura, let's start with you on this one. Well, another way that you can look at it is what's the value of the impact you want to make on the world? Money, whether or not we want to admit it or like to admit it, opens doors. Money brings access to people, to experiences, and to places that we cannot normally go. And so when I talk about women hitting 250 in their careers annually, what we're really talking about is having enough money to really begin to effect change and make impact. So I ask you know, my clients frequently, what's the impact you want to make? And how will achieving that goal help you make greater impact? You know, you hear a lot of people today talk about hitting six figures. And that is a great goal to hit the 100k mark. Beautiful. Awesome. But that is not money. That is not Deb. We didn't, you didn't tell me if I could swear or not. So I'm not really sure what I can say on here. I like to stay PG. So if you could, yes, I will not. Okay. So a hundred K is nice. 250. We start to approach FU money and FU money is where things get really interesting because we are no longer constricted by our circumstances. We are open and we are available to do more and do better. So I would be thinking about the goals you want to achieve and the impact you want to achieve by setting those money goals. Awesome. Did I do Love okay, it. Deb? Was that PG I, enough? I, that was that was absolutely perfect. I just like to be able to hit that, you know, no restriction button when it gets repurposed in the other places. So I don't blame you. I appreciate it. It's and, an endless line of Laura beeping, beep, beep, beep. Like, what did she say? Yeah. <sighs> so Nicole, <laughs> what is your take on the value of setting money goals? Yeah. So 
Money is a resource. It's a tool that can help you create the life that you want. It's very simple. And so we have to set money goals in order to create the life that we want. We have to have money to do the things we want to do, to have the experiences we want to have, to fund the business that we want to build, to do the work that we love, to donate to the organizations that are important and meaningful to us, to care for our aging parents, to put our kids through college, anything that we want to do in our lives, money is what makes all of that possible. So we have to set goals and have a clear vision of what we want our life to look like and how much money we need to support that life vision. And again, tying into to get what you want, you need to know what you want and look at it big picture wise to be able to fund this life that you want. So absolutely. Emma, what do you think? Say the question again. The question is, what is the value of setting money goals? Right. Well, setting goals is really great as long as you, what I've found um, with people that I've worked with, as long as they feel that it's possible for them. Um, When people set goals that they don't believe in, they can actually find find it harder to reach that goal. So what, what I really suggest to people is to set incremental goals that tends to be easier for people rather than become, I want to be a millionaire. And, you know, they can't even get that into their head. You've got to, so rather than a goal, I like to say vision more than a goal. So they need to have a clear vision of what they want. Um, prefer that term to goal, but I guess it's the same thing. So it's just a vision of what you want to create, the kind of lifestyle you want to create. And it's really, it's really not just about the money. Like when, when people talk, because, you know, they've shown, they've done studies that a certain amount of money allows you to be happier. And then after that, you know, as you become millionaire, billionaire, it doesn't add anything to how fulfilled and happy you are. So, yeah, we, you, it's, it's important to have a vision of what you want and to have a real reason why you want that. But it's uh, for, for you to be really fulfilled and re- truly wealthy, I believe it's it's not it can't just be about the money because there are so many people out there who are millionaires, billionaires, and they're really unhappy and unfulfilled. And that's not true wealth, in my opinion. True wealth is so much more than that. True wealth is, you know, Making making great money, being able to be generous and and extend that generosity to people and causes that you care for, um, but also being able to be generous to yourself, um, and you know also feeling great about yourself and about your life. That's really what what that's the vision that I hold for for my life and for the people that I that I work with. It is okay that you do not like the word goal even though, you know, it is Goal Chat Live, because it goes back to um, the foundation. You cannot set goals until you have that vision, that intent. So it actually works works hand in hand. And I, I love what you said. You need that vision. You need to see the life and then have the money to have that life and make bigger impact. So Everybody, everything everybody is saying is yes, 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 true, true, true. And it all really ties in so well together. And now I have to ask the question, which kind of is like the opposite of that, which is what stops people from setting and achieving those all important money goals? Uh, do, you touched on this before a little, Emma. Do you want to start? 
Yeah, sure. I think people, so a lot of people, they can't even see a vision. They don't allow themselves to see that vision. I know when I didn't know my purpose, I couldn't see anything. I was totally like blanked off. So a lot of people, they 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 don't even allow themselves to see what they want, even though deep down inside a part of you knows because they don't feel like it's possible. I think that's really, really common. So people have this belief that it's not possible. They can't do it. That's what they've been told all their life. So they just shut that off and they don't allow themselves to dream and I think that's really really common like people just people end up settling for a life they don't really love because and then that's the people who are fine um they're fine they're okay um, and they don't realize that there's there can be more so they're settling for that so that I think is really sad and that's the importance of having a vision um, and what stops them is that is the fear, basically, the fear that they can't have it. So, you know, if I dream it, it's not going to happen. So why would I do that to myself? So people are afraid of the disappointment at a deep level because they've been disappointed before. Like we hold on to when we were disappointed in the past, we carry that with us. And then we carry that energy like we get frozen in moments from the past where we were disappointed, like even as a young child and situations that we might not necessarily recall consciously. But we can we can Kind of part of us can be frozen there and we're we're kind of reliving this thing in our in our adult life not realizing where it's coming from until we go back and revisit and release that trauma it's going to keep kind of haunting us it's like carl jung said you know once we make the con- unconscious conscious it's going to keep repeating and we're going to just call that you know bad luck or fate um so really really it is that it's like the the stuff that's inside ourselves and those unconscious subconscious fears and you're absolutely right. Some people, they just, it's just more comfortable for them to stay in status quo, which is a really, we don't know each other that well. You're my newest friend of this group here. But the reason I do what I do and the reason I wrote my book is to help people embrace the change, whether by choice or by circumstance, because you don't have to accept it. And this is, Yes, this is why I do this. You don't have to accept this. You can make the choice for the better life to change your yeah. thinking and approach. Can I just, but I have something to add there. So it's really important that for us to accept where we are so that we can take the next step forward. And so, because a lot of people, they're in denial about where they are. And then, you know, if you're denying the stepping stones that have got you to where you are, or if you're denying where you are right now, you can't take the next step forward. So it's really important that people kind of recognize, right, this is where I am and this is okay because lots of people, you know, they're beating themselves up, they're shaming themselves basically. And what you're doing then is you're just like sinking into that blame game and you're looking backwards rather than looking forwards. And that that's that's a that's a really big thing that keeps people stuck in old patterns. They're blaming and shaming themselves. And shame is such a low vibration that it really keeps you stuck. And, and seriously affects your ability to move forward in your wealth and in every area of your life. And, and wealth, when I work with people on money and wealth, it's really interesting to see how other areas of their life improve. You know, their relationships improve. They feel better about themselves because we are working on such a deep level. And money, when I work with people on, mon- on money beliefs, it's really rarely about the money. It's about deeper things. It's about how they feel about themselves. It's about stuff that traumas that happened to them as childhood in childhood, or even, you know, often it's not always traumas. It's about something that someone said to them that they interpreted as, as being an attack on them in some way. Like you've all heard of the people whose 
parents divorced and the child internalizes this belief that it was this fault. So it's this isn't a logical thing. And I think that's a mistake that a lot of people make. And um, they try to deal with this from a purely logical point of view when it's more it's emotional and energetic and it's not logical. Because you can write you can write books about why I'm like this. I'm like this because my mother dropped my me on the head when I was a baby and my father abandoned me. You can know all that, but you can still be stuck there and not moving forward from that place. I'm going to go to Nicole next because I would, <laughs> I'm sure her therapist take is going to agree lots, but please don't put your own words in your mouth. Yeah, I, I do agree a lot with what Emma is saying. Um, I think a lot of people, maybe everyone has toxic beliefs around money and yeah. beliefs feel like facts. They feel true, but they're really just made up stories. And sometimes our beliefs can serve us really well and actually help us reach our money goals. And other times they can undermine those goals and sabotage them. So it's really examining what those beliefs are and asking ourselves, is this true? <laughs> is this a made up story? And is it helping me or hurting me? But I think money memories too play a big part in this. So money memories form very early in life. If you stop and think really hard about it, I bet you can recall the first experience you had with money. I like to think of this as like your first blind date with money and, and what happened during the experience and how you felt in that moment, because that feeling gets imprinted in us and it stays with us throughout our life course. <laughs> and that too can help you reach your money goals or it can work against you in that respect. And this is something we often don't pay much attention to exploring these deeper parts of ourselves. A lot of people think it's just about the numbers. And we often create stories about ourselves too, like I'm not good at math or I didn't come from money, so I can never have money. Um, and, and these stories make up how we think about money, how we feel about money, how we behave with money. And just to add on what Emma said about like these money traumas, trauma, I think is a very heavy word. And I try to avoid using it <laughs> related to money because there's like really big trauma, like abuse and horrific things that you see and, and that sort of trauma. And then there's little trauma, like, you know, bullying at school or things like that. So I think that money trauma falls into that little trauma camp. Um, if we're talking about big trauma, we need to work with like a certified trained professional on that. But that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about previous experiences with money that have been scary, that have been uncomfortable, that have been um, anxiety provoking, that have left a mark on us and that influence our future decisions. So that's what I mean by money trauma. But that can come from our own experiences. It can also come from our family's experiences. So to give you an example of this, I had a client who believed her whole life that she was awful with money and she was doomed to lose it all because three generations in her family had declared bankruptcy. And she was convinced she was just going to follow in their footsteps. So this is an example of one of those toxic beliefs, these stories that we create based on money memories or money trauma. We adopt them as our own and that can really stand in the way of our goals. And the last thing I will say that I see quite often that really interferes with reaching money goals is um, outsourcing financial management, 
financial decisions. A lot of women do this. In fact, 65% of millennial women will outsource financial decision-making to a male partner. That statistic keeps me awake at night because what we're doing is we're handing over our power when we let other people make decisions for our money and about our money. I'm a big believer that every person knows their hopes, dreams, and values better than anybody else and what life they want to live for themselves. So they are the absolute best person to make decisions with their money. But first, you have to have the financial confidence that you're going to make good decisions. And if you don't believe that, you're going to turn over that power to someone else and hope that they're going to make the right ones for you, which isn't always the case. So I see that that is something that really stands in the way of people having the money that they want and doing what they want to with it. That is a lot. Good a lot. Um, and I'm going to I'm gonna let Laura chime in on this as well, but all really valid points. And this is why we have these conversations is to get the different aspects of this. So Laura, and, and before you answer, I have to, I have to call out Gene's comment from earlier, he thinks 250k a year is low for those who live in California. I know I agree. I agree. I used to live in San Francisco. I I I totally feel you. Yeah. Laura, what stops people in your listen? I love what Nicole and Emma had to say. I think there's so much of value in the mindset piece. I'm gonna approach it from a slightly different lens. Often when I talk to people and I'll say, okay, you want to make 250, you know, oh yeah, I want to make you see the stars in the eyes. I'll say, what does it mean to be wealthy to you? And they'll say, well, I can get a big car. I can get a giant home with the pool in the back. I can have all the luxury vacations and I can finally fly first class and I can go to all the private resorts. That's what we have been taught by the media, but I want to challenge everyone because that's not a goal on building wealth. That's a goal on spending money on luxury items. And that is where most people get this totally wrong is they want money to spend money. Now I want everyone to remember something I'm going to say. It's really important. Money goes from those who value it least to those who value it most. So I want everyone to remember, if you actually want to generate money and hold on to it and build wealth, you have to have a goal around wealth creation and wealth building, not a goal around spending money on luxury items, which is what most people have. Funny enough, as Nicole and Emma were chatting, I was looking up a statistic that um, that I've heard before. So, you know, we have like Louis Vuitton and we have Prada and we have all these like designer handbags and stuff. Do you know that their average customer makes around 70,000 US dollars a year? It's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. They're not wealthy. They're, they're, they're middle income individuals. But it goes to my point of when we have a value on having luxury items, we don't actually have a value on wealth creation. If you think about Warren Buffett, for example, he lives in the same house he's, he's lived in in Omaha for about 50 years. 
every morning, this man drives to McDonald's and gets his egg McMuffin and coffee. You know, you want to, if you want to value money in terms of building wealth, start looking at the masters, start looking at the people who have amassed wealth and how they've done it and how they live their lives. And I would actually recommend everybody, um, look at a book called The Millionaire Next Door. The Millionaire Next Door probably came out about 30 years ago, and it's a classic. And it talks about the millionaires are probably the people next to you. They're probably driving the used car. They probably don't have the nicest house on the street, but they have a value on saving and investing money and using that money strategically. So when we think about money goals, we have to think about it. Uh, in that way as well. You know, yes, there is absolutely the mindset work that Nicole and Emma have discussed. So important. Also, let's just get real. Like, let's just get real. Like, are you spending your money? Are you running out of money at the end of the month? Then you don't have a high value on money. And a lot of the women who I work with, they're scared. They don't even know how much money they have. They say they want to make more money. And I'll say, what's in your bank account right now? And they'll say, I haven't looked at it. (laughs) You know, that would strike like terror in my heart. But when we're scared of money, we can't get into the mindset of abundance. We can't, we have to first start looking at our money. And I would challenge everyone who's scared of their money. The minute you start looking at those numbers and getting real with yourself is the minute life begins to change. Because if we avoid it, we also avoid the solution. We've got to face this head on. Now, before we continue, I have Eugene chiming in again because he has numbers that younger women are twice as likely to make their family's financial decisions as previous generations. Married women age 45 and younger twice as likely as older married women to make the financial decisions from a Merrill Lynch wealth management report in August. Um, so the stats he's finding is nearly 80% of women in relationships bear the responsibility of managing finances. Thoughts? Yeah, let me clarify this. So it's very common for women to manage the day-to-day finances, to write the checks, to pay the bills. That doesn't mean they're making the financial decisions. Those are two different things. A lot of women, and the statistic that I'm referring to, is related to like, are women, do they know where all the money is going? Do they know what the money is being invested in? Do they know how much their spouse has in their investment portfolio and where that fund is and how they gain access to it if their spouse were to die or becoming incapacitated? Most women don't. That 60% statistic is saying that they don't. So while they might be managing the money, they might be like making sure that they're within budget on the grocery bill that month. They aren't necessarily making decisions about how the household income is being used and where it's going and how it's amassing wealth and how it's being invested and how it's um, like where it's going to be kept and stored. And who has access to that? So that's a really good question to bring up. And there are some differences there. So it's not to imply that women are like hands off, completely uninvolved in the money, but they aren't 
actively making decisions about what is happening with their money. And that puts them in a very precarious position. Because if you look at statistics, women live longer than men, about 10 years on average longer. And historically, now stats are changing recently, but historically, men have been the ones more often to file for divorce. Men are have typically been breadwinners, and that statistic is changing as well. But that has made women be put in a precarious position as well because they haven't had financial resources to support themselves in the event of divorce or the loss of a spouse. And if they're not involved in knowing where that money is, what happens when they get divorced or their spouse dies? How can they support themselves? Where do they do they know where the money even is? That's scary. And that that comes up. So Carmen, who's also watching, when I first asked the question, what stops people from setting and reaching money goals is fear. Mm -hmm. And going back to what Laura was saying before we tangented, which is fine, we're allowed. um, You need to look at, (laughs) you need to stare money in the face. And you need to win the staring contest. Is that pretty accurate? Can can I jump in here? I was just going to ask you to. So yeah, this is like to Nicole's point about being in a relationship, like literally like you're dating money. Imagine if you were in a relation. I'm sorry, Nicole, maybe you were going to say this, but like, (laughs) I I was just like, imagine you're in a relationship where you never talk to the other partner. You never see them. You never look at them. You never love them Mm -hmm. up. Right, Nicole? Yeah, they're going to ghost you. They're not going to want to hang out with you. They're like, I'm going to go hang out with somebody that pays attention to me. (laughs) And you look at it like that with money too. You know, you, and I agree with you wholeheartedly. I think that that is one of the biggest barriers that I see is like burying your head in the sand and not wanting to look at it, which is why there's this whole philosophy that I teach around dating your money, like setting aside a money date each week, like an hour that you are paying attention to what is happening with your money, or you're having a conversation with your partner about it. So you do know what's going on with the money and how much there is and where it is and what it is doing. And and that's something that I work a lot with clients as well, because I specialized in couples therapy for seven years. And money is the number one thing that people fight about, couples fight about, and they don't want to talk about it because it's scary and it's uncomfortable. And it, it comes down to values too. People have different values and that's what influences how they spend their money, what they choose to do with it. And I was, you probably saw me shaking my head ferociously when Laura is like, you know, like, let's get to the nitty gritty practical stuff here. A lot of people are spending their money on things they don't really need or don't even really want just because society is telling us that that's what we're supposed to do or that's what's important. And this comes back to psychology too. The mind is always seeking pleasure and always trying to avoid pain every single minute of every single day. And so what brings us pleasure? Retail therapy gives us that hit of dopamine in the brain, makes us feel oh so good for like five seconds. And then it it wears off. And then meanwhile, we've got this Louis Vuitton bag that's $1,000. And we're like, oh, I thought this was going to make me happy. It did for five seconds. And now I'm not happy. And now where can I get my next dopamine fix? And then meanwhile, everybody's drowning in debt and worried about how they're going to pay their bills next month. So that is a cycle we we need to break free from. But first, you got to see how much debt you actually have. Where did all that money go? And face the facts. But fear does get in the way of that. It's painful. And we want to avoid fear. So we avoid our finances. 
But you're absolutely right. Like we have to make time for that. Face it head on, just like Laura said, and come at it from a place of curiosity, not reprimand. Okay. Cause we could sit here and judge ourselves all day long, but that's just going to bring up a lot of guilt and shame. So if you are drowning in debt, if you are living paycheck to paycheck, if you aren't making as much money in your business as you want, I think Emma said, you've got to meet yourself where you are now and just, just say, okay, like what's happening here? Where is the money going? I wonder what I could do different. I wonder, you know, what, what I might be able to live without <laughs> or making some sacrifices, approaching it from curiosity and kind of doing some investigative work instead of being like, oh my gosh, I suck with money. I messed up again. I didn't want to spend on my credit card and I did, you know, because that's just going to feel like more pain. Now, I want to jump back to Emma before we get to the next bit. Um, because we're talking like 40 minutes already and I, I, we got to get to those money goals. Um, Emma, anything you want to add about the whole money fear conversation? Well, I think, I think the month, the fear we want, we don't want to look at it because we think if we don't look at it, it doesn't exist. So we, we, we ignorance is bliss, but actually ignorance is just ignorance. And, uh, you know, denial is just denial and it doesn't change. So we've got to, like, it's back to that, what I said before, we've got to accept where we are. We've got to accept the stepping stones that have got, this is what happened. These are the stepping stones that have got me to where we are. We can't deny them or shame them or blame them or blame ourselves. In order to take the next step forward, we need to know where we are. And I think a lot of people, like uh, the other guys have been saying, we're afraid to do that because, you know, it brings up that fear and we prefer not to feel that. We like we like Nicole was saying, we are designed to avoid pain and pain and go towards pleasure, but most strongly is the avoidance of pain. And that's that's what's kept humans alive. You know, we've because we've been running from the predators, running from things that were gonna kill us. And most people are primed for pain, like the 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 emotional brain, the limbic system goes on and the alarm bells go on, you know, and then we, we, we're not, we're, we're not in our conscious mind at all. We're like, we're just going, we're in flight or fight basically. So most people are dealing with their money from that emotional place. That's not logical. That's just like, Oh my God, ter- something terrifying is happening. I'm going to die. You know, and when you're coming from that place, you're not making good decisions. You're just, you're, you're acting from fear and that's never going to be a good decision. Now, acting from fear is acting from panic. You know, it's nothing good will come of it. And before we get into those money goals, um, I, I, I'm going to paraphrase an audience question. What led you to the focus on money? What in your background, what inspired this? Laura? Uh, yeah, I'm happy to talk about it. Actually, to Nicole's point about women outsourcing financial uh, literacy or financial power to their husbands. Uh, I did that in my 20s. My husband controlled everything. I knew nothing. And at 27, I left that marriage with absolutely nothing to my name. And I had to live on friends' couches for six weeks. My credit cards were cut off. I was you know, basically at rock bottom because of this issue. And so why do I do this? Um, To really help women, help women who are either have been in that position or at risk of being in that position, know how to empower themselves 
And money brings a lot of freedom. And knowing how to work with your money is very freeing. And it puts you on equal level with our counterparts. Uh, so it's from that challenge, truly, that I had to claw my way up and figure it out and learn how to value money because I hadn't valued money because someone else always took care of it for me. Um, there are a lot of women, and I think that we have probably all encountered them, who are trapped in relationships and marriages and cannot get out because they have nothing to their name. And it's scary. And if you are one of the people who is listening to this now, who is in that situation, you've got a lot of help right here on your screen. You're not alone. Um, but it is truly from that, that um, building wealth became one of my primary values. Good for you to take from your pain and suffering to make the world a better place for others. Yeah. Because that it's one thing to have the experience. It's another to use it to help others. So thank you and gold stars. Emma, how did you come to this focus? Um, well, I was, I was going to be a lawyer, human rights lawyer, because I always wanted to help people. And then when that plan crumbled and I realized I didn't want to do that. Um, I had this complete, you know, dark night of the soul and I didn't know what I wanted wanted to do. And I thought that figuring it out would solve all the problems. I, I was very naive. I thought that once I knew what I wanted and I, I knew my purpose, then the angels would come down and the pathway would open up and it would all be so easy and beautiful. Um, but that wasn't what happened because um, I fell into this work. I found this work looking to help myself. And people were like, wow, you're really good at this. And I was like, well, actually, this is what I want to do. And the yoga and everything it really helped me. Um but then for a long time, I really wasn't successful at making it a business because because I had all these beliefs within myself. It was for me, it was a lot of self-worth issues. So I was kind of very stuck in self-sabotage and I believed that I couldn't make money from this. And like, so I see, I see that happening a lot with other people. Like they know a lot of people that I work with, they know that what they're offering, the service that they're offering is amazing, but they have these really hidden beliefs within themselves, often from when they're very child, from very young, that say, oh, I'm not, you're not good enough. And then the way the way you show up, it 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 you you have that presence, and you can't. It becomes a self fulfilling prophecy. It reinforces that belief that you're not good enough, and that you know the, then your money reflects that back to you. So my my journey now is to break that cycle for other people, so they don't have to go through all of that pain. So again, using your experience, so others don't have to suffer, which is great, and. We only have our, that's the differentiator. You know, we have three different money women who all focus on working with women. Was it an accident? Uh, probably not. Um, but for the focus to help others for that empowerment, for that freedom. And I think that's definitely amazing. So Nicole, can, can you give me the snapshot? And then we're going to go into money goals. Yay. Okay. So Nicole, what led yeah. you to doing this? Yeah. So similarly, when I um, ex 
decided to expand my private practice several years ago, I made the mistake of growing my business too big and too fast. And so I had what I call shiny object syndrome. I was spending money on all these things that I thought was going to make my business successful and put money in the bank. And um, that didn't happen. My business was actually losing money every day (laughs) while I worked to get it off the ground. And I found myself drowning in debt, mostly from student loans, because my husband and I both have master's degrees. So we had over $100,000 of student loan debt combined. And I faced a financial crisis. I wasn't bringing home any money. I didn't know how we were going to pay the bills. My husband was working double time to pick up the slack and I felt awful about myself. So I realized at that point that my relationship with money was really toxic and I needed to work on that. And I used myself as as an experiment, really, to try and get my money act together and do something different. And the results that I got from the process were just really incredible. I paid off all my debt in two years. I multiplied my income times five in less than eight months. Um, I learned so much about money because I just craved that financial literacy. So I totally nerded out. And I love nerding out with numbers now, too. I sort of started this love affair with money. Um, and became really passionate about it. And just having that financial stability and freedom in my life made me realize the impact that financial stress has on our mental health. And my life's purpose is mental health, is helping people to live better lives, to care for themselves mentally and emotionally. And in that realization, I, I found myself thinking, okay, I can't be the only one that struggles with money stress. I can't be the only women entrepreneur that has had a financial crisis or that doesn't know how to make more money or doesn't know what to do with their money. There have to be other people who are struggling with this too. And I think that I can help them. Um, so I started working one-on-one with people and using the same methods as I used in myself. And they got equally as incredible results. And I just fell in love with seeing women turn their financial lives around and building confidence and living the lives that they wanted because they have the financial means to do so. Nice. So three personal stories, three money ahas that came in different ways. And, and here we are. And um, the question that came up is, are you financial planners? Are you certified? No, but you are using your experiences to help others to avoid their own money traumas or to fix their money traumas. Laura, did you have one thing to add? And then we're going to talk money goals. Yeah. In response to that, uh, certified financial planners could never do what the women on this call are capable of. That's an entirely different domain of expertise than what we're discussing today. 100%. I totally agree with that. I don't pretend to be a business coach or to be a financial planner. That's a different, totally different job. The work that I do is about healing money wounds so that people can have that lightness about the money and about themselves so that they can make decisions that align with that rather than the old mm-hmm. stories that they're not enough and that there's not enough money and that they can't do it. Um, that just that self-perpetuating cycle of never enough. Well, and it's a different conversation. And in the dev world, the conversations are, what can we do to empower ourselves to move forward, to think about that life we want and build to get there? So what can we do to empower ourselves? (laughs) 
let's set some money goals. Laura, what money goal would you like to gift the audience? Something they can do today, tonight, tomorrow to put themselves and their money on the right track. I know what Nicole's going to say, but I know I'm not going to steal Nicole's. I think I know what Nicole's is. Right. I think we all know what Nicole's going to say. If if Nicole doesn't say it, I'll say it at the end. But um, my goal is uh, for all of those people who are watching, who are in, who are entrepreneurs, who are consulting and are women raise your rates. I work with many women and across the board, they are undercharging. So consider raising your rates. Well, don't consider raising them, just raise them. Just effing raise them. See, I said it without the bleep, Deborah. I'm working on it. I'm trying to do it. Don't bleep me. What was that? A gold star? A gold star. Good job. Emma, what goal would you like to gift? I think it's important to have a vision of what you want and to have a reason why you want it. So no, like 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 we were talking about earlier. So how much money do you want to be making? And why do you want that money? And not like they were like we were talking about earlier, not so you can buy the shiny objects in the limousine, but what can you do with that money like to make your life more fulfilling? Like what can you give? Because money doesn't make you, and I love this quote, money doesn't make you good or bad. It just expands who you are. Like you can have more influence on people. So it expands your zone of influence. So if you're a good person, you can be more good. You can share that goodness more. And if you're also like, if you're, if you want to hurt people, you know, money gives you power to do that. So, you know, why not? If you're a good person, have them make more money so that you can share more goodness in the world for God's sake. So, you know, have that vision and know why you want it. That's really powerful. Awesome. Love it. Laura, we have to jump back to you because you gave a goal for women. Do you have a goal for men? Yeah. Go have lunch with your female counterparts. Go talk to them. Learn about their experiences. Learn how you can advocate for people who don't look like you. Ooh, well, I feel like that's like a goal for anyone. Yeah. Right? Really Learn is. Learn how you can advocate. Learn from people for- who are different from you. And how you can advocate for them. Okay. I just had to clear that up because we we are, and I love this women-focused conversation, but let's not leave out the men who want to help, right? Right. You know, no, that's very important. I mean, it's very important. One, If I just may speak to that, men have a great uh, ability to help their female counterparts rise. And it should not be solely on the shoulders of women that we rise. And so it is absolutely imperative for our male allies and advocates that they speak up for us in the rooms that we are not in, that they uh, give us voice in the places where we are not seen. And so uh, I think it's one of the greatest gifts they can offer us. Well, I thank you for adding that. Nicole, without further ado, what is the goal? I think mine is obvious. Everyone can probably anticipate that my goal is to schedule 30 days of money dates, one hour a week to start, 
keep the goal small and achievable, and make it a fun, flirty, swoon-worthy experience, okay? Something you look forward to. Maybe have your money date at your favorite coffee shop with a delicious hot beverage. Maybe have a money date with your partner where you have a conversation about money. You know, this applies to men and women both, okay? It it applies to same-sex relationships too. Talk with your partner about money and not how much money is in the checking account, but what are your hopes and dreams for your money? What do you want to do? How much money are you hoping to have? Why do you want that much? Really dive deep into it. Have a conversation with your girlfriends. Um, Maybe plan a money date where you really get practical and you work with your budget or look at how much debt you have or what your interest rates are. Um, Treat yourself after that because that stuff's hard and it's going to bring up a lot of complicated feelings. But when you have your money dates, personify money. Give it a personality. Make it a character. Have a conversation with it. Sounds a little wonky, but just try it. It's going to make the whole process feel so much less overwhelming and confusing, so much more relatable. Human beings, we understand relationships. We've got lots of experience with those. You might not have a lot of experience with money, but you have experience with relationships. So use what you've got, have a swoon-worthy money date. And give your money personality. I love that. It reminds me of people who say, um, become a BFF with your inner critic. It's like the money version of that. Absolutely. Fantastic. Money well, this- already, if I could just say oh, something that's occurred to me, right? So money does have a personality already for people, but it's usually a very negative one. Mm-hmm. Like it's the dominator. It's the one who's making me do things that I don't want to do, making me do this job. It's so people have a lot of resentment towards money and that's going to obviously push it away. Just like in a regular relationship with a boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, you know, if, you have, if you're harboring all this resentment, you're going to, that's toxic relationship. Mm-hmm. I'm edit. I added your edit to give your money a fun, positive personality. <laughs> Perfect. A personality, a good one. Uh, what a wonderful conversation, Emma. Where can people find you? Right. Um, so yeah, I am a lot on. I mean, if you're on a clubhouse, I love talking on a clubhouse. Um, so I do a lot of rooms there and things. I'm also active on Instagram and Facebook at Emma. Emma, Emma Lyons. Um, so I can, I'll have all my links and my website is experiencetrueself.com. So yeah, we can connect, connect with me. And also I have, I'm offering, I'm have a money, money alignment mastery bootcamp, five week bootcamp coming up. So, um, so it's a, it's, it's all about getting aligned with money. People who did it last year got these amazing results. I was so impressed. One lady, like people used to bargain with her about her services. And afterwards she was really surprised. Nobody tried to bargain with her anymore. And she filled her program with such ease. So this is the power of kind of, elevating your and it's all about elevating your own mindset and beliefs about yourself and then and then money can flow to you easily so yeah my invitation is just to just to you know do be easy with money and recognize that it can come easy rather than always being hard I think there's such a there's such a toxic belief out there and I know I was taught it as a child that you know it's hard work and then we 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 don't want it because it's hard work. We don't want to do that, and because it's hard and awful. So nice. well, thank you. Recognize money can be easy. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. 
And I will say, if you go to the devmethod.com slash blog, you can get the recap and watch the replay and get the links to this and all my other Gold Chat conversations. So, Nicole, where can people find you? Best place to find me is at my website, NicoleIcavoni.com. If you go there, you will see that you can download a free date your money planner, which will help you achieve the goal that I'm gifting to you all. (laughs) It's a free guide that shows you how to get started dating your money. It gives you seven sexy money date ideas so that they can be fun and flirty. And it shows you how to personify your money so that it can feel fun and not scary. Love it. And Laura, where can people find you? Uh, they can head on over to bravebydesign.net. Uh, there is a free guide right on the homepage to helping you get your next consulting client in 30 days. Uh, if any of you are in consulting, I'd love to hear from you. Excellent. And again, you can go to the devmethod.com slash blog to get the links from this conversation as well as the highlights. And if you want to learn more about me and how I can help you define, plan, and achieve your goals, you can go to the devmethod.com slash goals. And if you're more of a DIY type person, you can grab your copy of your goal guide, a roadmap for setting, planning, and achieving your goals on Amazon or at your favorite place to buy books. And of course, follow at the dev method everywhere for your inspiration and motivation because we're all about helping you figure out what you want and how to get it, whether it is your life goals, your money goals, your personal goals, but it's all about you and choosing yourself and creating that life that you want. Uh, Final thought, Nicole. Final thought. Oh my goodness. I feel put on the spot now. (laughs) Uh, I'm just, I'm I'm really, I'm really happy to be here. I'm so grateful for this opportunity. Um, My final thought would be, it doesn't matter where you are now in your financial journey. You can always make the decision to improve your financial life. Because it is a choice. Absolutely. Absolutely. And there is help out there. As Laura said, Um, we are not the only people who do this work. We're just the people who are here tonight. So it's important to go out there, find someone that can help you reach out for that help. It's okay to admit that you need it. Um, It takes a lot of courage to ask for that help, but there are many people just like us who are very much wanting to hold your hand and guide you on that journey. Excellent. And Emma, do you have a final thought to share? I mean, I really want to echo what Nicole said. Like, uh, you don't need to suffer in silence. You can resolve these things and move forward because, you know, when we if we really align, get aligned up now, then our future is totally different from our past when we, when we release all that old stuff. And it's so easy, you know. What's really hard is carrying that old stuff around. So once you let it go, you feel so much lighter and, you know, it's, that's the easy part, letting go of it. The hard part is what you've already done. So just know that if you get help, the best is yet to come and you've gone through the worst bit already, you know, only good can happen from here on in. That's, I love what you said, you know, it's easier to change (laughs) than to carry around the hard stuff. And, and that's, That's why we do this, to help people embrace those changes and move forward. 
Okay, Laura, final tip goes to you. All right, here we go. I better make it a good one. Um, <laughs> no pressure, Laura. So you know what? <clears throat> we all stand on the shoulders of giants. That's just a fact. Everyone on this call, everyone has learned from people who at some point have been a few steps ahead of them on the journey. I encourage every single person to find someone that you admire who's achieved something you want. I mentioned Warren Buffett. You could look at Oprah. There's many examples. Learn about their lives. Study these people. Understand how they think and tick and begin every day to take one small, small step towards becoming the person that you know you can be. Ah, you you didn't disappoint for sure. Phew. Wow. And I didn't swear either. Thank God. <laughs> well, it's a choice, you know, take small steps to become the person you're destined to be. And that's really what it's all about. We don't have to deal with what is, I mean, we do, but we don't have to make what is the future. We have the power, make the vision, set the goals, do the things. We have your back. Just remember that you can do it. Thank you again, Nicole, Emma, and Laura for a wonderful conversation on Money Goals. Thank you all for tuning in. Let us know how you're doing. Remember, just go on out there. Go for it. We've got you. Thanks for listening to The Deb Show. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Need more inspiration and motivation? Connect with me on LinkedIn. Follow at The Deb Method on social media and check out thedevmethod.com. Best of luck with your goals, and remember, you can do it. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.